0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Jesus said to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. What a tremendous blessing for us here today that Jesus gives to us the secrets of the kingdom of God. Others are left to guess or imagine, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Christ speaks to us plainly to hear and to see and to understand the kingdoms of, kingdom of God here in this parable and many other places in Scripture. As much as we don't like it, the parable of the sower, tells us how things are. Our ego wants us to believe that we are in control of our own salvation, even if it's just a little bit. Our ego wants to believe that we are in control of the salvation of the ones that we love. However, if you ever tried your hand at gardening, even a little bit, you quickly realize how much of it is out of your control and how dependent we are on God. There are times as a gardener that you may do everything right. You plant at the right time, apply the correct amount of water, use the appropriate amount of fertilizer, make sure that the garden is in the best position in your yard for the correct amount of sunlight, and yet sometimes things just don't turn out the way you expect in our walk with Christ sometimes we do everything right and yet we see those whom we love fall away from the church and away from the faith and this is what Christ is telling us about here our parable tells us of a rather indiscriminate father farmer excuse me he sows his seed in all sorts of soil. Some falls on the good soil, but other falls on the hard path and the rocky soil and among the thorns. You would imagine if he was a good farmer, if he was a, a good gardener, that he would carefully sow those seeds in the carefully prepared land to make sure that he gets the most out of every seed that is planted. But thanks be to God, he's a little less discriminant. Thanks be to God that we are not left to wonder or guess exactly what all of this means. It's important to note that our sower does not reserve the seed for only the good soil. That's something very important for us to point out. Christ casts the word of God far and wide. He doesn't do a demographic study to see who would make the best members of the church. He doesn't search far and wide for a choice plot of land. He simply sows the seed. He proclaims the gospel. It is the gospel alone that produces this good fruit. Some seed falls on the path and is trampled underfoot. The devil comes and snatches it away before it has time to germinate and take roots. A good example of this is in the book of Exodus. In chapter 4, we read that after the sixth plague, God hardens the heart of Pharaoh. Up to that point, Pharaoh had hardened his own heart. But God's action was a judgment against Pharaoh's sin. We read in Romans chapter 1, therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. We can so sear our conscience that we convince ourselves that evil is good. The word of God is snatched away by the evil one before it has a chance to take root. Some of the seed falls on the rocky soil, for we know that many converts joyfully begin a walk of faith, but turn away when difficulties come. Seduced by the prosperity gospel, they believe that Christ brings nothing but wealth and health. Christ wants you to live your best life now. But Jesus repeatedly warns of the perils of following him. He says, take up your cross and follow me. He does not say, take up the keys to your luxury SUV, your Italian sports car, your Rolls Royce. He says, taking your cross means suffering. It means suffering for the gospel. It means taking on humiliation and pain for the entire world to see. The apostles likewise urge believers to persevere. In Galatians 6 we read, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In 2 Timothy, chapter 2, we read, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And in Hebrews chapter 12 we read, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best for them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We see over and over again in the epistles where the apostles warn us and encourage us to endure suffering until the end, because they know it will come, and it does come to each and every one of us. And as for what, what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and the fruit does not mature. For the thorns rob the soil of nutrients, and the plant never produces fruit. Our good works are that barometer of faith, for where faith exists, good works are sure to follow. But as for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. The good soil describes a humble faith dwelling in a repentant heart, It is able by God's grace both to endure persecution and to avoid the trap of self-absorption. The beauty of our parable today is that it does not call for a soil that is free from rocks, free from thorns, free from a well-worn path, for the seed is cast on all types of soil. We know this from our own attempts at gardening. Even the rocky soil plants, or the what we sow in the rocky soil, still flourish from time to time. Sometimes even splitting that rock in two. Even in the thorny grind, we find in the thorny ground, we find healthy vegetation. Even in the middle of a well-worn path, plants still seem to grow to maturity, sometimes in spite of our best efforts, otherwise. For the sower does not demand that the soil rid itself of rocks. It doesn't demand that the soil rid itself of thorns. The sower doesn't demand that the soil prepare itself by breaking up the well-worn path. Just try that in your garden this spring. Look at the ground and tell it to break itself up. You're not going to get very far. It is the word of God that does it. For Jesus is the master gardener. For the gospel can and does create faith, even in the hardest of hearts. It is the gospel that chokes out the pleasures and cares of this world. It is the gospel that finds a way to bear fruit, even in the most unlikely places. We read a perfect example of that as we read through our epistle lesson. we the one who was out killing Christians, who was out hunting them down for the glory of God. God melted his hearts and planted the seed of faith. And we remember we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. From the faith, the size of a mustard seed, God can move mountains. From faith the size of an acorn, God can create an oak of righteousness. Jesus said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. For the parable of the sower teaches us about the kingdom of God. It teaches us how things are. It is not a companion guide to the farmer's almanac. It is not here to prompt us to ask what stones and thorns need to be removed from our lives. No, Jesus warns that not everyone hearing God's word will have an enduring faith. Tragically, some hear the life-giving gospel of Jesus, but fail to produce the fruit of a Christian life, eventually dying in unbelief. Genuine faith, however, so transforms our lives that we joyfully serve the Lord in this world and enjoy eternal life. Our prayer, as we read this text, is one of thanksgiving. Our prayer is thankfulness, that God has indeed softened our hearts and created faith. Our prayer is that God would continue to grow and nurture our faith, through word and sacrament, that it would choke out the cares of this world. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would continue to grant growth and faith even in the most unlikely hearts. On what has now been sown, thy blessing, Lord, bestow. The power is thine alone to make it sprout and grow. Do thou in grace the harvest raise, and thou alone shalt have the praise. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.